0: You're listening to Prairie Justice, a Greg Sanders Vigilante Podcast. Well, howdy folks. Welcome back to Prairie Justice, the Greg Sanders Vigilante Podcast. Well, once again, here's Ranger Gord here and um, something a little bit different for you uh, something a little bit different for you today I just thought for episode 20 with the uh, end of the year and all uh, I know everybody's probably catching up on a lot of podcasts but probably doing a lot of personal things watching some films or binging on some shows that you haven't seen or in the case of Southern Alberta starting your car at any rate uh, something. Yeah, definitely different. I wondered if you've ever s- wondered just what Greg Saunders sounds like. Uh, we see him strumming a guitar every now and then in the comics, but we um, never have had a lot of other media with Greg Saunders. Now, of course, there is the 1947 serial when Ralph Bird uh, does a little bit of um, little country picking. Uh, For that serial, we're going to be a while before I ever get or am prepared to get uh, to review that uh, particular opus. But fortunately, we've got something just a little bit shorter. Now, many of you in in the comic book field and the fan genre and such may be aware of an animated television series called Batman, the Brave and the Bold. I was certainly aware of it um, because I was a very big fan of Brave and the Bold series in its heyday of the, uh, well in my heyday at least was in the late 70s, but it ran all with Batman team-ups probably from the uh, around 1966 or 1967 all the way up to 1983. And the conceit of it basically was Batman just meets the whole DC universe. Um, sometimes, whether it made sense or not, you know he would visit different eras, different times, and that's essentially uh, the riff where this uh animated series came from of course we're we were aware at that point in time of all about uh, the grim and gritty dark Knight and we'd had the Batman the animated series by that uh, was very excellent as well as and probably one of the best portrayals of batman that has ever been done but batman the brave and the bold was a little bit more lighthearted and a little bit uh, more inclusive of wanting to just basically team up uh, bats with a variety of people from across the dc universe and it was just as wild as you can imagine the weird is zany hany thing you never knew where batman was going to be and this was was a batman who had a had his own spaceship i, I mean he, he was just this batman could just do no wrong he could do anything he was very human still and uh, i won't say that it was uh, fluffy or anything it wasn't kid stuff but uh, he could end up in Atlantis, he could end up on the planet Ran, he could end up in Earth After Disaster Meeting Commandy. Jonah Hex would know him by name. Sometimes he hit the beaches with Sergeant Rock and sometimes he was flying against the enemy ace. You just never knew who was going to show up on this series. Sometimes there was a lot of them. Uh, a lot of characters showing up in a single episode. One of the signatures of this episode is before the theme, you would have a cold open. And the cold open was usually Batman with a character that he may or may not see in a uh, any longer version of the show. Basically, you had your cold open, your theme, and then a 20-minute a or so uh, longer piece. Sometimes the cold open had something to do with the uh, opening episode. And sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it was a serialized thing that would expand and uh, introduce a longer episode later. In season three, we met someone that was very familiar that was going to assist Batman right on his home turf in Gotham City and basically taking on a group of uh, gangsters wearing fedoras and overcoats and very much a 1940s style of uh, of approach and uh that new character asks batman if he wants help batman says no thank you i will do this myself and as he uh does his best in taking out the uh this mob on the street of gotham uh once rescuing a young hostage uh the other the guest star decides to pull out and strum a little tune and sing a ballad about the Batman. And at one point make an assist. And yes, I am speaking of the vigilante himself. This was the only appearance he made on Brave and the Bold, although we had seen him quite a bit on um Justice League Unlimited, and that's a cartoon that uh Cindy and Chris Franklin, the supermates from over on fire and water, have been uh, taking on over the last few years. And they're just about to head into the Justice League Unlimited uh, series that will feature Vigilante. And um, I'm really looking forward to how they handle those episodes. But at any rate, I just thought just for the end of the year, since it's a very long time since I'm ever going to get around to uh, covering this animated show in an uh, index form, we might as well just go ahead and jump right up onto 2011. The episode is Night of the Batman Season 3 Episode 4 of Batman the Brave and the Bold. And the synopsis is, Batman and Vigilante have a run-in with some villains. Later, Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Plastic Man, and Green Arrow try to fill in when Batman is injured. And of course, that episode borrows heavily from the uh, battle for the cowl uh, that happened after Final Crisis, when um, several members of the Bat family were uh, trying to decide who would uh fill in for the uh the cape crusader who at that point was apparently dead but it's the easy universe so he wasn't because comics this episode uh first aired april 29th 2011 directed by ben jones written by uh i want to see paul giapo and Shelley and we also have credit of bob kane and Shelley fish because we have to uh the De- Diedrich mm-hmm. botter voices batman and a is voiced by john dimaggio now i'm only going to play the cold open i'm not going to play the entire episode and of course i'm it's because this is an audio medium you're only going to hear the audio no you won't hear the video but there is a youtube link in my show notes on podbean And you you can track back and click over to that Uh, without further ado we'll we'll talk about this uh, episode a little bit later but we'll go ahead with uh, Batman and the vigilante in the gray and the blue
1: right on time you don't want any help? Thanks, Vigilante. But Gotham is my turf. I can respect that. Man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. There was a man from Gotham in the Batmobile he rode Defending the defenseless It's to him I sing this ode With his hammer of justice he struck down every foe safety for our families it's this to him we owe gray and blue gray Entity. But why endure this lone crusade? Fight a fight, you just can't win. If Ask the Bat would tell you, someone's got to stand up to all this sin. Gray! And blue.
0: Our video opens on a street with uh, several ravens perching on a street light. And the next thing we see is a signpost, street signposts. This might not mean notch to the casual watcher of this show. East Weisinger Street meets South Meskin Street. And of course that is named for a pair of morts. Mort Weisinger, and Mort Maskin. Significance? Well, if you're listening to Prairie Justice, you already know that. They, together as Mort Morton Jr., were the creators and uh, writer and artist of several of the original Vigilante strips in action comics starting in September of 1942 and moving onwards through the 40s and 50s so that's wonderful nice little fan service to somebody who could only be named i don't know ranger Gord. and of course the clock tower is hitting high noon vigilante offers his services to batman as one two three four five six seven trench coat clad fedora wearing mobsters coming down the street armed to the teeth Batman, as he usually is, basically tells Vigilante to mind his own business. And Vig replies with the old John Wayne line, A man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. And I do not apologize for that impression. And the uh, most of the 2 minute and 53 video is Batman just basically using his wits and skills and abilities and absolutely no gadgets to take out this mob and at one point as I said earlier um, he saves a young I shall say african-american child who has been found to uh, poke his head out out of curiosity to see what is happening and uh, is taken hostage by an african-american mobster and i think that was probably genius to do that to not have a white man take this black boy into hostage or vice versa uh that's probably just the way probably the best way you can handle things in a uh animated medium that's not trying to do be you know too heavy and too moralistic on this sort of a thing and of course as this is happening Greg Saunders decides to. We need a little song, and that's man from Gotham is the gray and the blue. And you've already heard that. Uh, one interesting thing that happens, even though uh, Greg does abide by Batman's um, wishes to stay out of the fight, at one point when there's a sniper hits in on uh, on the Caped Wonder. Uh, Vigilante pulls out something that um, I don't think I've ever seen Vigilante do before. He's got a couple of double barrel shotguns within his guitar. And he takes out a platform that that sniper is sitting on, and that basically sends him to the ground. And from there on, Batman just kind of walks out into the street, Gary Cooper style, as we see the bat signal into the sky just absolutely perfect piece of thing if you're not going to have vigilante in your adventure this is the next best thing how did people take this well i'm just going to read from some of the youtube reviews and person should never read youtube reviews and but you know what why not one of the most underrated and badass batman related moments ever from another reviewer fun fact Vigilante's Guitar Rifle actually exists. It's a type of specially designed 22 caliber rifle hidden beside a fully functional guitar. Or inside of a fully functional guitar, rather. There are versions with other calibers, but the 22 is the one most used for these concealed weapons. (laughs) I think the comments to that was, Holy shit, I thought it was just a show using comic book logic and uh, the original commenter goes i saw it at a museum i'll look that up here as we get forward to the end of the comments here see if we can find that the series did batman very well they perfectly kept his no killing rule he did open to other heroes like plastic man and aquaman while keeping him a serious character And uh, other comments refer to Patriot Act, which was the episode of Justice League Unlimited, as I discussed. And, uh, oh yeah, in that episode, Vigilante had bragged that he would have the crowd eaten out of his hand if he'd had his guitar. Here he proved he was not bragging, just stating facts. And there's, there's just an absolute lot of good reviews about that. Uh, here's one I like. I wish that DC would stop forgetting characters like the Vigilante. He is really as amazing alongside other heroes, and they deserve recognition, and I agree. Uh, DC, you have an entire stable. You don't have to make 45 Batman or Superman titles, constantly overexposing them. Here's another good one, uh, praising the singer, the actor, who is uh, playing Vigilante in this video. It's like Johnny Cash himself possessed John DiMaggio, and that is an absolute, uh, probably the best compliment you can give um, to the singer. Now, the guitar-gun combination is something that I remembered seeing it as a movie when I was quite young, had totally forgotten about it until a few years uh, back on... Um, much Music, which is sort of the Canadian version of MTV, they would run uh, movies every now and then that had to do with, uh, well, music, or popular music. And uh, they ran one one night, and that was it made me recall that, uh, and, and now I actually have a title and a star. It was called The Fastest Guitar Alive as a 1967 American musical comedy western directed by michael d moore i don't think that's the michael moore that we would recognize today but starring get this folks singer roy orbison in his only starring role as an actor and all i have to say to that is wow yes the pretty woman uh singer and uh, the old rockabilly that was right back to the era of Johnny Cash and one of the traveling Willberries. That was, uh, was the, the star of the Fastest Guitar Alive. The film features uh, Orbison performing seven original songs that appeared on his 1967 MGM album of the seven name. His song, There Won't Be Many Coming Home, is featured in the 2015 Western film, The Hateful Eight. As a musical Western, the story is set near the end of the Civil War, with Orbison portraying a Southern spy with a bullet-shooting guitar given the task of robbing gold bullion from the United States Mint in San Francisco in order to help finance the Confederacy. Well, doesn't that sound like something that would go over well today? Uh, Filming had begun in September 1966. Although Orbison was pleased with the film, it proved to be a critical and a box office flop. While MGM had included five films in his contract, no more were made. Uh, The Fastest Guitar Alive had a soundtrack, as we had said before, consisting entirely of Roy Orbison originals and uh side one is whirlwind number two is medicine man medicine man number three was river four was the fastest guitar alive rolling on and on side two we had pistolero good time party heading south best friend there won't be many coming home okay well that's uh that's something you never knew before so what good is a gun inside of a guitar? Well, let's ask the man Roy Orbison himself.
1: I always did like nice clean girls. Johnny!
2: Don't move, fella. In case you're interested, I can kill you with this and play your funeral march at the same time.
0: Now, who can argue with that? But well, I think there's things that we'd rather hear Roy Orbison do than try to act.
2: Hey, here I go A oh, lucky so-and-so Happy cause I know I've got my fast guitar Singing pretty songs, knowing I belong, I am first and last, and always a fast guitar, the fastest guitar alive. Rattling strings like a gatling gun. Shaped like a lovely woman. Stay right where you are. My guitar is the fast guitar. The fastest guitar alive. Like a rolling stone Gathering no moss I play a boss guitar Guitar alive, strumming like a battling soldier's drum, shame like a lovely woman. Stay right where you are. My guitar is a fast guitar, the fastest guitar alive. I know I got my fast guitar. The fastest guitar, the fastest guitar, the fastest
0: guitar. Of my. Well, who'd have guessed that we were going to start with a Warner Brothers. Br- animated cartoon and end up with roy orbison but there we are okay i think that's all the more i have to say i'm just going to close out this braven or brave and bold this uh prairie justice uh bonus podcast we're calling it episode 20. have yourself a great new year and we will see you in 2022 Oh, how to close this? How should I close this? Ah, this must be some sort of a song we could do.
1: Right on time. You don't want any help, thanks, Vigilante. But Gotham is my turf. I can respect that. Man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. There was a man from Gotham in the Batmobile. He rode, defending the defenseless. It's to him I sing this ode. With his of justice, he struck down every foe. Safety for our families, it's this to him we owe. Gray and blue, gray and blue. The man from Gotham wore the gray and blue. He fought the vilest villains. Rendering his verdict with Batwing covered fists. This is- to tea but why endure this lone crusade fight a fight you just can't win if asked, the bat would tell you someone's gotta stand up to all this sin gray